This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast, and we are here to give you our opinions on 80s and 90s media. Please contact us at overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. Trav, how are you doing? Good, man. This was the last uh, DBZ homework episode for the summer, so it was a lot of fun binging DBZ one last time. Well, I mean, what's not fun about binging DBZ, honestly? Really, I had to continue <laughs> after the 18 episodes a couple times, so I will still be binging, but we will not be recording. <laughs> no, 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 but spoiler alert, maybe the summer of DBZ will happen again. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Uh, how are you doing, Drew? I'm doing really good. Um, just enjoying summer with the family. Everybody's doing great, and uh, I couldn't want anything more out of this summer, personally. So been really having a good time with it. Do you have a DBZ outfit for Cam yet? No, not yet. But uh, So my daughter at her daycare had wheels day today, which is like they bring their bicycle, scooter, whatever they want to bring. They bring it to the school, and then they like toodle around on their brake or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, as we're walking out, because Evie's watched some episodes of DBZ, which we watched the Pendulum Room episode together, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is a little <laughs> bit much. <laughs> but uh, we were walking out, and she goes, look, Carson has a DBZ bicycle. And I was like, say what? Say what? So I go look at it. Sure enough, he's got this neon green Dragon Ball Z bicycle. Nice. I was like, dude, he wasn't with us, but I was like, dude, that's amazing. That is legendary. <laughs> it's so cool, too, that she like has watched it enough with me now to recognize what Dragon Ball Z is that and to is be able awesome. to point it out to me and unprompted. Like, look, it's Dragon Ball Z bicycle. Parenting done correctly. Hey, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. If I've done anything right as a parent, I've introduced my daughter to Dragon Ball Z. Damn right. <laughs> Um, we got no articles for this because there's not much to really talk about besides the episodes for this episode. So exactly no articles. Um, are we ready to move on to our homework review? I think we are. I better mention what it is in case you're just listening to this episode for some reason. It's <laughs> Dragon Ball Z season one episodes 13 through 18. And we're going to take the same approach that we've been taking to it. And we're going to treat it as one long episode. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> exciting, exciting, exciting. So. Let's do it, Trav. Let's do it. Um, so we get to open up episode 13, named Gaz and Mez, where Goku is in hell. Obviously in hell. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, not obvious to him somehow, but it somehow. is obvious to the watcher. Uh, those shirts on Gaz and Mez were changed for the American audience originally. I, I don't know if I mentioned that before or not. I think possibly. Possibly, but they were changed from hell to tell? No, I don't remember what it was, oh, but okay. it wasn't hell anymore. Sure. <laughs> it wasn't hell anymore. Help? Help? <laughs> I could see that being what it is, but... <laughs> uh, so Go- Goku is in hell, and he immediately is going to be trying to steal King. Yama's fruit because he's a hungry dude. And yeah, it's Goku. It makes sense. <laughs> yes. Um, only King Yama can eat that fruit. Uh, Gaz and Mez inform Goku that uh, because he fell off Snake Way, uh, he now has a free lifetime membership to hell. That's not a membership that I want. What a deal. <laughs> <laughs> what a deal. There is absolutely no going back. 
Seemingly. Seemingly. Unless, except that there actually is going back. Unless you're Goku. Unless you're Goku. That makes sense. He just so happens to be (laughs) Goku. Obviously, Goku does seem to be a bit distressed by the information. I'd be distressed if I was told, hey, you're in hell. Yeah. And you're stuck here forever. (laughs) Um, We get to move on to uh, where we get to meet uh, Launch Tien and Chiaotzu, and they are at Korin Tower. Well, the base of Korin Tower. Yep. Um, Korin Tower was like a really integral part to Dragon Ball. Like for the f- many of the seasons, that's like where he was going. That's where Goku was going. That's where he was. It was his ultimate test of endurance to be able to climb uh, Korin Tower and get to the top, basically. So and he does it multiple times. He does it as a kid. And I remember it being really, really difficult for him. But he does it. He does it easily. Yeah. Obviously. Um, it is a test. Climbing the tower is a test of your worthiness and endurance. Um, Launch wants to join them, so she's looking for a ladder. A like, ladder. Like, yeah. that's going to help A much. ladder. <laughs> a Seriously? Ladder. In a teepee? In a teepee. <laughs> Not only a teepee, but a random teepee. A random teepee. Isn't hers. No. Nope. She's hey, is there a ladder in here? Isn't she tossing stuff, like, out of the tent yeah. as she's looking like... Saying it's all junk. Come on, man. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, man. <laughs> um... That happens to be a character named Bora. That that's their tent. Uh, the the father and son are Bora and Upa, and Upa and Goku are the same age. Oh, okay. They were kids together in Dragon Ball, sure. and they became best friends, like Goku does for everybody. Obviously, they were enemies at the beginning because they're there to guard the tower, and Goku wanted to climb the tower, and he was and uh, Bora was like, "Well, you can't climb the tower. I'm guarding the tower." Yeah. And so, like Goku does over time, he wore them down with his. Un- unbelievable positivity. You know? <laughs> like I guess that's the way I can only describe it. And they became the best of friends. Um, the confrontation with uh, Launch and uh, Bora and Upa goes about as expected. Um, Launch offers to pay them off. Uh, says, hey, I'll pay you money for the ladder. Where's your ladder at? And then if that doesn't work, she's going to turn to violence because that's what Launch does. Yes. Um, then, luckily for everybody, she gets a little tickle on the nose and she sneezes and turns back to her more sane self. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, back in hell with uh, Goku. Goku cannot jump or fly out of hell. Uh, Gaz and Mez, uh, they like to cut a Goku's jib, though, because he's trying really hard to jump up the snake way. Uh, and they see him as an opportunity to train and slash have a little bit of fun. Right. They refer to themselves as ogres. Is that a holdover, you think, from like editing for American audience instead it, of calling them demons or it, devils or I'm something? I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, so... Gaz and Mez, they throw rock, paper, scissors together um, to see which one actually has to do the paperwork and which one gets to mess with Goku. Nice. Would you rather do the paperwork or would you rather mess with Goku if you were Gaz or Mez? Uh, Knowing Goku, I'd definitely rather do the paperwork. Agreed. (laughs) And then secondly, are you a rock, paper, scissors or a Rochambeau guy? Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. Who says Rochambeau? Who says Rochambeau? Who says Rochambeau? No, I didn't, one, no one in Minnesota, no. that's for sure. I didn't even know that was a thing probably until my 20s, that Rochambeau was a thing. Yeah. I, I was like, what is that? It's, it's rock, Rochambeau. Paper, no, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Gaz wins and chucks Goku as high as he can. So there's a start, I guess, to try to get to Snake Way. I guess. Uh, Goku does surprise Gaz by landing softly on the ground instead of presumably dying, getting very hurt. I mean, he's in hell. I guess he can't really die again. He's already dead. Yeah. Uh, So what exactly are the rules here in hell? 
They're not, up for anybody's interpretation. Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> unclear. 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 Definitely unclear. Um, I'd say I'd like a little bit of backstory and maybe some like uh, solidification of what the rules may be in hell. But there's enough filler in DBZ as it is, so yeah, I don't def- need it. <laughs> definitely. This can be a mystery. <laughs> this can be a mystery. I'm okay with that. Uh, Goku accuses uh, Gaz of not being strong enough to throw him up there. I mean. That's like an innocent, is it an innocent way for Goku to like get what he wants? Or is it just Goku like not being manipulative and not understanding and just being Goku? I think it's to get what he wants. Get what he wants. Uh, to be he kind of bit... wants to throw a little jab like, let's fight, let's do something. <laughs> I like that because, I mean, it does offend Gaz. So he cha- he challenges Goku to a wrestling match. Uh, if you win, I'll give you my special flying machine to get out of here. If you lose, you're here forever, and you'll be my special plaything. That's sick, man. Sick. <laughs> sick. <laughs> I don't think he meant it that way, but come on, guys. Still. Uh, meet me by the blood fountain in a half an hour, and the rules are there are no rules. And that sounds great to Goku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sounding more and more sick. It's like you're talking about There it. are no rules. <laughs> um, at that blood fountain with those, uh, did you like the little spirits and stuff that were in the rowboat and having their little conversation? Pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I like that. Uh, Goku, try, or excuse me, Gaz tries to bum rush Goku, but Goku does manage to stop his his advances. It looked like he was going to lose there for a second to yeah. get pushed out of that ring. I mean, they're they're wrestling sumo, right? They don't right. call it sumo, but that's what they're doing. Obviously. Um, they, I, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, is Goku going to get... No, of course, Goku's not going to get pushed out of there. No. Um, Goku asks if it's his turn, and Goku easily, easily pushes Gaz to the other side of the ring. Um... Not too surprising, but a little bit surprising, right? Considering they're supposed to be the strongest people in hell. Right. I guess. Like, uh, what a joke. What a joke, right? Um, then Goku blasts Gaz out of the ring with a simple wind attack. That's what he's using. It's not an energy attack. It's like a wind attack. Yeah, he's just punching or like pushing really fast. So, yeah, the... yeah. He's going to do like the E-Honda thousand hand slap, but <laughs> yeah. it turned out to just be a wind slap. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, Gaz is obviously stunned that he lost, but he's a demon of his words and introduces Goku to his special flying machine. It's a giant lever. Yes. Yes. It's a <laughs> I, giant lever. I really love the simplicity of it that it's just a giant lever. Yeah. I got to go push the start button. <laughs> <laughs> he goes and pushes that start button, AKA jumping off the ledge. Uh, he sends Goku flying in the air. Um, Gaz says it's very technical. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, it just simply doesn't send Goku high enough. Close. Close, but not high enough. Uh, so Goku fires off a Kamehameha Meha, Kamehameha Meha, toward the ground. Uh, that manages to give him a little extra boost. Um, it's not the first time that he's used that technique, and it won't be the last time that he uses that technique to uh, manipulate himself while he's in the air, I guess. Definitely not. Uh, gives him the boost he needs, and uh, still, though, it's not enough because he hits his head on some kind of barrier in the clouds separating Snake Way from Hell. I'm assuming it's like an invisible barrier. There's no yeah. actual barrier there. but uh, They keep trying. Uh, it turns out, though, Goku's head is too soft to break through. Uh, <laughs> and Gaz knew this, and he was just enjoying uh, making Goku smash his head into the ceiling uh, over and over and over. I'm assuming, right? <laughs> right, he, right. He's like, yeah, your head's not hard enough. I knew this, but... Um, uh, Mez sees them from Needle Mountain, where he's leading an expedition uh, f- uh, for the souls in hell, which is... I really like the idea of hell being a mundane place that's just really boring. Yeah, and definitely. And you have, like, activities and stuff. It's really curated, but it's just really boring. Right, <laughs> instead of eternal suffering. Right. I mean, yeah, if definitely. If you're there for thousands and thousands of years, I suppose it would be 
pretty uh, cause a fair amount of suffering. Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> that, at least not burning. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's uh, I like that take on hell, and I'm guessing it's a cultural thing. Maybe that's their yeah. idea of the afterlife in Japan, and their uh, I don't know. Right. Because uh, uh, do you know what their primary religion in Japan is? I do not. Are they Taoists? Are they? Mm, I don't remember. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> <laughs> By this point, it's after lunch, so it's Mez's turn to challenge slash torment Goku for a while. Uh, turns out Mez is the fastest ogre in the land, so he challenges Goku to a race. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> it happens again throughout the series. Yes, it People does. think they're faster than Goku. Yes, it does. Uh, Goku just has to catch Mez and, take, and tag him. And Goku seriously asks, that's it? Okay, <laughs> I can do that. Uh, we get a quick check-in with Gohan, and he is absolutely thriving. He's outrunning our tiger friend, then gathering food. Um, it is the same tiger, right? I Throughout, assume. Yeah, I like to at least imagine that it's the same tiger. They yeah. seem to have quite the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, it's it. It makes it makes the tiger's story. A little bit more interesting, I guess. Right. It's just a. It just. It's. He could be a throwaway character and completely flat, but he's not. And yeah. I like that uh, bit of writing for him. Uh, Gohan wears our tiger buddy out, then, but he entices him again by treating him like a house cat, which is comical. <laughs> yes. I'll get a kick out of that every time. Uh, the tiger does continue to chase him, and we watch them running off into the distance, and Gohan is, frankly, having the time of his life. Yeah. He couldn't be any more happy, I don't think, at this point. Um, his training seems like it's coming to an end. It's getting there. Right. It seems like it is. Um, we're back in hell with Goku, and it's time for that race between Mez and Goku. It's a very fun sequence. I uh, enjoyed watching it. Uh, Gaz, at the beginning of the race, says that he thinks there's a there's no way Goku can uh, uh, catch Mez. Only King Yema has done that. I'd love to see King Yema really strut his stuff because yeah. everybody speaks very highly of him. He's got to just have huge strides. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, but then again, it has been an odd day, says Gaz, so who knows if he's actually going to win or lose. Anything is possible. Uh, the comical chase through the amusement park, pure gold. Pure uh, gold. Just pure gold. The following each other across different rides is just really funny to me, and it's like a really traditional animation thing that you would see in Looney Tunes or something like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, got a good kick out of that. Uh, Goku does end up tricking Mez into chasing him around King Yema's fruit tree. Um, which is funny because he just like kind of uh, like just antagonizes him in a way to make him completely forget what he is actually supposed to be doing. You know, just uh, Mez says that it's going to double your strength and keep you full for three months. And that obviously sounds very good to Goku. Sounds very good. <clears throat> uh, Goku gets Mez to chase him by heading towards the tree and uh being a deceptively smart man goku turns around and hugs mez and there you go he won the race or Boom. the tag match yeah it's kind of a race tag smarter match. than you think uh and that forces mez to reveal the secret passage back to snake way <laughs> uh the passage is just a set of stairs yeah yeah <laughs> In the dark. <laughs> yep. Uh, it kind of seems like he, when he's going through, it is kind of like a weird interdimensional portal portal type of deal because he seems like he, I'm. It feels like I'm dreaming and all this other stuff. And, and they're laughing, aren't they? They as are he's going up. Like, they they are. got him again. They got him again. <laughs> but you never had him. Yeah, you never had him. 
it does send Goku back to the beginning of Snake Way. Yeah, which, yikes. <laughs> yikes, considering he was over halfway. He right. was over 5,000 miles into his trip already. Um, Just crazy. But luckily, he got this fruit. <laughs> yeah, at least he's going to be full for a while. Yeah. I loved how he came out of King Yemma's desk. It was very funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just like, what? Whoa, see you later. <laughs> see you later. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, it took him, what, seven episodes or something to get as far as he is now, and then he restarts, and he's where he was within the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So this fruit is the real deal. Right. It doubles his strength. It didn't say anything about doubling his speed. No. I and mean, at least... keeps him full for three months. I'm guessing with Goku's tolerance and how hungry he gets all the time, it's probably like one month. That's maybe. a good point. It probably would affect Goku much differently. Yeah. Three months is probably more like one month. I like that. That's That's very true. Uh, so like you said, Goku's almost back now to the halfway point on Snake Way. Um, he ran, he ran across the Snake Way sweeper again and Goku just hurdles over him and the dude is just totally like, I don't know, distracted by it and drives right off of Snake Way. Right off of Snake Way. <laughs> what are you doing, Straight dude? Straight to hell. What are you doing? What are you doing? Straight and to he hell. he will be stuck down there. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we ever get to see him again in these episodes? I don't know. That we, is weird. We should be able to see him again. No more gauze and mess? No more gauze and mess. Well, maybe because well, he's an a- he is, I almost said alien. He is a demon of sorts. Maybe he can freely travel between the two, but He still. is a demon. And we do eventually, way later in DBZ, so we will see more gauze and mess, but I do not think we see the street sweeper down there. I really don't remember when they go back to hell. I can't so, wait to get to it. Yeah, they don't, but villains will mm-hmm. be there. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now I remember. Now I remember. Um, so we're back with Piccolo now, and he's training again because that's what Piccolo does. That's his life's ambition is to train and be the strongest person he can possibly be. Pretty sweet. Uh, Gohan and our tiger buddy stumble upon Piccolo charging up and literally blowing them away. Literally <laughs> blowing them yeah. away. Uh, next, we are high atop Corrin Tower. Uh, the gang's all there. Yamcha, Krillin, Yajirobe, Tien, Chaozu. They're all there. It's good to see them. Uh, their training with Kami has begun. Uh, Goku and Snake Way. Uh, Goku is on Snake Way again, and he stumbles on a palace. Is it King Kai's palace? Not so much. Not so much. Not so much. It's Princess Snake, everybody. I wish her name was like Snake Princess instead of Princess Snake. I don't like how it's reversed. It is weird. That's just me, though. Uh, Goku confuses her for King Kai, which is something he does all the time. Confuses everybody for King Kai. Everybody. Hey, are you King Kai? Hey, are you King Kai? Uh, Surprised you didn't think the street sweeper was King Kai. Good point. (laughs) (laughs) He wants her training desperately. He gets some dance training. Dance training. (laughs) Way to go, dude. (laughs) Dance training. Uh, But Goku gets it. It's all a test. He's supposed to attack when she leaves an opening for him to do so. (laughs) (laughs) Goku finds that opening and slams her to the ground. It's hilarious. It is pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, all things are forgiven, th- forgiven, thankfully, and Goku apologizes. It was just a misunderstanding, and he's got to get going. But please don't go. Stay for dinner. <laughs> that uh, easily convinces him, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Um, it's been so long since he's needed any food because of King Yama's fruit. It's been three months, so here we go. Time to eat. I guess. (laughs) Goku stays for dinner, and it's quite the feast. A feast that is poisoned. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's going to knock Goku out, and Princess Snake has no intentions of letting Goku leave. Goku destroys the meal, and everyone there is amazed because everybody's always amazed at the amount of food that dude can put down. (laughs) 
<laughs> Even I am amazed. Uh, should we give him more? Yes. <laughs> Goku eats more. Always funny. <laughs> Always funny. Uh, Goku, having had his fill, is insistent on leaving now at this point. Uh, the ladies find every excuse to make him stay. Uh, you must take your bath. King Kai hates dirty people. <laughs> All right, I got, let's go with it. Um, his bath happens to be 300 degrees. Pretty hot. Uh, pretty hot. <laughs> pretty <See ya>. hot. <laughs> he still loves it, though. Uh, Princess Snake knew that he was strong enough to handle it. Good of job. Good job. Uh, but their conversation ends abruptly, and she fears that she has boiled him. He's fine, though, and he gets out. Yep. You get to see his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Quite the view, and she says, oh my, what a bod. What a bod. <laughs> what a bod. <laughs> <laughs> and Goku, again, is very insistent on leaving. Now that his bath is done, he feels absolutely great. I know I feel great after a shower. <laughs> Definitely, especially when you go months in between. <laughs> yeah, at least three months. Yeah, at, at, least, least. at least three months. Uh, Princess Snake orders her servants to make sure Goku doesn't leave. How about some Russian roulette? Super weird. Super weird. Super weird. And then she shoots herself in the head. And just so happens, she gets the one in six <laughs> shot and blows her head off. Super weird that that's in a show so for weird. children. <laughs> I guess it's not really children, children. The show's main demographic is, demographic is that like nine to 15, right? True. Yeah. Nine to 15 to 40. Somewhere in there, because, I mean, I'm still into it. <laughs> but, yeah, they change the hell on their shirts, but they don't cut that scene yeah, out. Yeah, right? That's a little, That's a little bit weird. Uh, that didn't work, so they're like, hey, watch this ritual dance while you get drugged with some more juice or something. More drug <laughs> juice. <laughs> they finally get him sleeping. Finally get him sleeping. With Goku sleeping, Princess Snake gets her dream mirror to see Goku's dreams. I wish I had a dream mirror. That'd be sick. <laughs> Uh, he's dreaming about his family because he's such a righteous dude. Uh, he, he's far too tame for Princess Snake. Whatever that means, whatever I guess. Whatever that means. Uh, so they're going to eat him. Wasn't that... So was she planning on taking him as a lover instead yeah. of eating them? I thought their motive was to probably eat him the whole time. Probably. But whatever. maybe he was worthy. Yeah, I suppose. Make some snake babies or something. Snake babies. Snake babies. Um, his dream, Goku's dream, turns into a nightmare of Nappa and Vegeta arriving at his home, threatening his family, and this wakes him up. So no more funny business from Princess Snake. Uh, she reveals that Goku is actually inside of her, a giant snake. I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I've seen all of these episodes, but I don't remember all of them as I'm watching them. I did not see that coming. Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> did not. not see that coming. Uh, Goku flies out of her before her digestive juices get him. Uh, she chases him and vows to chase him for eternity. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, no thank you to that. <laughs> no, thank you. Goku, being the consummate trickster, uh, gets uh, Princess Snake to tie herself up by using himself as bait. Pretty funny. That's pretty funny, right? Yeah. Um, I'm surprised she was so easily tricked by that. Yeah, I mean, and he tried to be nice. He did. He tried to come to an agreement. She wouldn't have it, so there you go. Yeah. All tied up. So off Goku goes back on the path to King Kai's. Um, we get to a quick look at the others, and they are training. Kami knows that uh, what they have isn't enough to defeat the Saiyans on their way to Earth. They need Goku. They need Goku. They need Goku. <laughs> 
So next we get to move back to Gohan, and he's still doing his homework in the cave. That's a dedication, dude. That is some serious <laughs> dedication. I didn't do homework as a kid as it was. There's no yeah. way I'd be doing it in a cave by myself. No way. <laughs> I haven't seen Mom and Dad in a while. <laughs> homework is the last thing I'm yeah. doing. And he's clearly just, what, making it up? Because he doesn't have his book with him. He's doing it in the dirt. Yeah. So he's, he's doing homework from memory. Thinking of the hardest problems that I didn't solve. I'm going to practice those now. Okay. Woof. Buzz. Woof. Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. I would not <laughs> want to do that. That is for sure. Um, Piccolo, or excuse me, uh, Gohan is very homesick. So I do kind of feel bad for him. I get the homesick feeling. For like, sure. That I mean, he's like five at this point. Yeah, I suppose it's been probably six, seven months. So he's probably five now. So yeah. he's still a five-year-old living in a cave by himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no big deal. Pretty Pretty standard stuff to be homesick over that. Yeah. Uh, Piccolo is still training and using his battle with Raditz as inspiration. Uh, it's acting as his driving force to get stronger. <laughs> Which I like because I like seeing him <laughs> that scene over and over. He dodged it. He's faster than the speed of light. <laughs> and the freeze yeah. on his face. Yeah, it's oh, so good. Great. So good. This episode's kind of a fluffy one, but uh, it's still fun to watch. Yeah. Um, the flashbacks uh, with the uh, the battle with Raditz it's fun to watch even though it's a rehash yeah it's still a cool moment even though that was in the first three episodes yeah yeah it's still a cool moment and that's a moment that they flash back to for the rest of the series isn't oh it? definitely yeah it's still a cool moment Piccolo splits himself so he can have a sparring partner it's grotesque the it's way he grotesque. splits himself like it's not it's not he sounds like it it sounds like it really hurts yeah it's nasty, <laughs> it's nasty. <laughs> you know, got a lot of green slime all over the place and you know what? I don't like green slime, so get that away from me. Yeah. <laughs> it does result in a perfect match for himself, obviously, because he's fighting himself. So does this result in double training? Is it like double the training? I think it possibly is. Right? Yeah, he's like weakening himself by splitting his power into two, right. but basically is double training. Because even like if you're levering, lev- if, if his power is halved, and he's leveling himself up twice. Twice. Yeah. Like, this then, is at least a 1.5. Yeah. Like something. something. Yeah, I like it. And then, second question, do they share a single mind in this instance? Or is it more like a, like connected, like he and Kami are connected? It's, it's got to be option two, almost. Yeah. Otherwise, how the heck are you going to train against yourself if you're sharing the same mind? True. And they do. It's like kinda... playing chess against yourself. Yeah, that's not very fun. No. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Oh, checkmate again. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think it's more of like the two minds telepathic link because they do have a conversation with each other. Yeah, I guess not really a conversation. They share words with each other. They don't really need to. And it's usually when it's like some real S is going down. They're like, what? Huh? Yeah. Be funny if they trash talked each other more. Yeah, that would have been really cool. I would have. That makes sense that Piccolo would have been like trash talking himself. Yeah. I like that. He should have been. Uh, we get to move back to Gohan, and he's got a sand windsurfing board of some sorts that he's managed to make. Way to go, five-year-old. <laughs> Way to go, dude. It's some fun stuff, though. It's really cool to watch in the yeah. episode. Uh, if only his daddy could see him now. <laughs> but wait, giant eagle attack. Great sequence. Surfing <laughs> surfing through the cave, off a cliff, crashing onto the beach, almost crushing her tiger friend. Um, just a fun sequence. It reminded me a lot of his trip down the waterfall at the beginning, right? And I'm yeah. sure those parallels were supposed to be drawn together, showing how he handled that situation then and how he's handling a very similar situation now. 
And thankfully, he's a Saiyan because he lived through that hundreds of feet fall. Hundreds yeah. and hundreds of feet. Exactly. Which, why didn't he just like, uh, I guess he he doesn't do any levitating or flying yet, does he? I don't think so. No, he doesn't do any levitating. I mean, he flying. did without trying against Raditz, but I don't yeah. know that he actually knows how to do no, it. No, that was when he was all whipped up into a frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> but he can jump really far distances. Yeah. <laughs> and land on trembling knees. Yes, he can. Oh, so they did preface him uh, being able to withstand a fall like that. I This time it looked like he landed on his head, but still. Yeah. But still. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, on the beach with Gohan, and he wonders if he can see his house from the beach. So he runs off with our tiger friend in tow. Uh, he runs all day, and the tar- tiger has a hard time keeping up. He, he just basically can't keep up. Uh, finally, though, that later that evening, uh, Tiger Dude catches up to Gohan, uh, and Gohan's uh, fast asleep just right off the beach. And instead of killing him, he finishes off what he can from the thoroughly eaten fish that Gohan had caught. Yeah. <laughs> um, nom, 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 just <laughs> chewing on the bones. He was just like... I- do you think he didn't kill Gohan at that moment because he knew that he kind of wants to be friends with Gohan? It's definitely a friendship <laughs> at this point. It's a friendship at this point. Uh, fade from a sleeping Gohan to a sleeping Goku on Snake Way. Uh, way to draw a parallel there, animators, yep. <laughs> between father and son. Uh, both on an adventure to get prepared for, some, for the incoming Saiyans. Uh, the next day, Gohan rises to continue his search for his family. Mommy, here I come! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, more training with Piccolo, and he's uh, really letting himself have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Not holding back. Uh, we get to see that Chi-Chi and the Ox King are... Uh, we get to see what Chi-Chi and the Ox King are up to. Uh, Chi-Chi has locked herself away and is refusing to eat. She really misses Gohan. Yeah. No, not Goku. Not Goku. Gohan. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Um, I never really understood the locking yourself away due to grief and stuff, but you do you, Chi-Chi. You do you, You Chi-Chi. do you. <laughs> Uh, back to Gohan and he's just made it back to where he started his run on the beach oh dang dang dude (laughs) Uh, so you gotta climb a mountain get a higher vantage point and he does this with ease that's what you gotta do Mm -hmm. an island (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which means he's a long way from home Uh, Gohan needs to get off this island so now he's singly focused on getting off this island he has a new purpose for himself instead of just wandering around getting food so he draws up some plans using that homework he was doing before because he knows calculus and trigonometry and stuff (laughs) yeah I can't draw up some blueprints in a beach and then make a raft out of it no no way I can't do that Uh, Piccolo is still trying to kick his own A word. But <laughs> uh, Gohan on the island, and his plan is to make an outrigger boat. That's what that's called, like the boat with the thing on the side. I had to look it up. Oh, so, sure. Catamaran, I guess, is another uh, acceptable term for it, but usually catamaran has three. No, catamaran only has. It's called the only has two. There's like a trimaran. That's not the word for it, but it's something <laughs> like it where there's three. So, oh, sure. But this is called an outrigger boat. Um, he does it. He whips himself up a seaworthy boat. Um, even our tiger friend, he helped out by bringing him some sticks. Whatever that did. <laughs> Whatever that did, <laughs> but that sticks. is a good friendship right there. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, and with no testing at all, Gohan proudly declares that, I'm going home. Sure, man. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, tiger dude's pretty sad about it. He's going to miss his little friend. Yeah, why wouldn't you be? But don't worry. Gohan will be back. Gohan joyously sails off to the horizon. We get to go see what Piccolo's doing at this point, and he's still training, but 
his piccolo senses are tingling, and it's time to pull himself together painfully, <laughs> slightly disturbingly. <laughs> he does do the split and recombine later, and it's not nearly as graphic. Yeah. Uh, they should have gone with it and did it every time to make it seem like it was incredibly painful. Right. Piccolo heads off to Gohan. Uh, there's a storm rolling in on Gohan, and that definitely cannot be good. No. Not one bit. Um, he's gone too far to turn back. He's taking on water, and he decides that maybe this was a bad idea because he can't swim. You'd think that uh, that might be a good idea. Like, I can't, I'm, I'm surprised that he can't swim, A. Yes, and very. B, you'd think that he would have thought twice about sailing out into the open ocean yeah. if he can't swim. Untested. I guess he is five. He is five. <laughs> but if we're going to assume he's so smart that he knows everything else, I mean... Maybe. He should at least know that he should probably know how to swim. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably maybe, maybe right. Maybe isn't that he should know how to swim, but knows that that is a skill he's going to need if he takes this raft off this island. Yes. Do a little practice. <laughs> Still a little practice. Go wade into the water waist deep and see if you like it. Yeah. <laughs> something. Just something. Uh, his ship at this point, though, is completely disintegrating and he's being tossed around. Plus, there's like a hundred tornadoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there okay. Was so many tornadoes. Hold on, go on. Hold on, go on. <laughs> Piccolo could do nothing to help Gohan. It was more like he had a hard time finding him. Yeah. But why wasn't he able to find him if he's able to locate him with his Piccolo senses? Yeah, that's true. What is that called, by the way, when they're using that sense? Is there a word for it? I don't think so. Okay. They always just say sense Sensing. their energy. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering if there was an actual word for it. Thankfully, though, Gohan manages to get washed ashore. Uh, I think it's pretty lucky that he's half Saiyan. Yes. The higher durability. Definitely the higher durability. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't just sink to the bottom. He made it, though. It must I mean, he wasn't... Ultimately, he probably wasn't too far from shore. Right. But uh, probably too far to turn back at that point. He did say it was too far to turn back. So I guess it makes sense that he wouldn't have drowned all of that. Yeah. So I don't know. I was trying to think of something there, but it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so it wasn't going anywhere. AKA, gonna get chopped. Gonna get chopped. <laughs> uh, a couple of orphans find Gohan on the beach, and their names are Ram and Chiku. Uh, they think he's dead. Uh, they find his sword. Gohan is not dead. No, he is not. <laughs> uh, but he does collapse in front of them after confronting them about, hey, that's my sword, and then passes out. Uh, so the orphan, the orphans, Ram and Chico, take Gohan in. It's very nice of them to, hey, come on, let's take this kid that's probably dying in, right? Yeah. Uh, they all live in an abandoned house. Uh, Gohan is the first new orphan since the tidal wave. And, man, that town has really seen some S. It they have seen a lot of S. Yeah, it does not look like uh, it'd be a great place to live. Uh, there is some type of government agency, though, that is tasked with collecting all the kids living in the ruins of their city. Yeah. Uh, they call them the Goon Squad, so that's what I'm going to reference them as for the rest of this. Uh, and the kids have very little interest in going with them. Um, like, Why? I don't know. I just, I, that's one thing that I have a hard time getting past in this episode is yeah. why. Um, the goon squad chases the kids around trying to collect them. Uh, Gohan gets cornered on the roof by some of those uh, people. And Gohan is afraid at first, but his training kicks in. Yeah, You can does. tell, right? Because he's like cowering. But then he's like, no, I got this. I I'm, got this. I'm go jump to a tree. Get away from you guys. Um, everyone's stunned. 
because he can jump really high. Yeah. He can jump really high. Uh, and it's funny because Rom then takes credit for it by saying, take that, you apes. You uh, apes. Okay. Uh, Gohan does ask who those guys are, and Rom tells us. Um, they're from the home where you get spanked and yelled at, and they put you in pens if you're bad, uh, and you have to do chores. Sounds like some pretty standard kid stuff. Pretty standard <laughs> stuff. I was spanked as a kid. I do not spank as a parent. Mm. What? How do you feel about that, or are you going to just stay away from it? Oh, I was not spanked as a kid. <laughs> okay. And I do not plan to spank no. as a parent. Um, it's, uh, I can see why, because you weren't spanked, but kids that were spanked, like, I would never spank my child. Yeah. Never, ever spank my child. My dad had this power to make me intimidated without ever being physical, luckily, in my childhood. So. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I was spanked every day or anything, but I was definitely spanked a few times in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Made me who I am today. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Honestly, though, with the orphanage, I thought it was going to be a much worse story. Like, they were an evil for-profit orphanage that sold kids. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it doesn't seem that bad. They make us do chores. <laughs> never. We're I'm not never... allowed to be bad. <laughs> yeah, you're not allowed to steal food anymore, which is pretty much what they do. Uh, while they are there, though, the goons do manage to grab a girl and almost throw her in the van. But that's when we meet Pigaro. Pigaro. I don't like that his name is Pigaro and not like Pigaro or yeah. something. It's Pigaro. I'm Pigaro. Not, I don't like that. Uh, he saves her and dispatches those goons pretty easily. He's pretty fast. Pretty fast. He's pretty dude. fast. He's got some. He's got some promise there. Yeah. Uh, and he's the de facto dad of the group. Yes. What do you think he is? Like 13, 14, 15? Probably. Something like that. I was that. thinking like 14, you know, with that sick bandana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably like 14, 15, 14. really. Just hit puberty, got oh, all these oh, muscles yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, I like that. He's like 14, 15. Um, with, the only, with the only woman in the group of goons left, uh, she finally... Uh, uh, like speaks up and says, we just want to help you. We have food and clothing and a warm bed. And uh, that sounds pretty good to Chiku, yeah. but uh, not to anybody else. Uh, Piccaro tells the goons that no one is leaving. And if you want to give us nice stuff, bring them here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> uh, uh, Piccaro and Gohan are introduced finally, formally, and Gohan gets some much needed kid time. Um, it was cool to watch Gohan like play with the kids and have some fun and actually be a five year old. Yeah. And realize that he's not some like over muscled killing machine at five years old. Also cool that he's able to have fun and not yeah. be some like mopey little kid. Yeah. You know? He doesn't have his parents, but he's five now. Yeah. He's, he's big. <laughs> he's big. He's a yeah. big boy. Yeah. And that really points to like the similarities between Gohan and Goku, right? Yeah. To make the best out of any situation. And how easily he makes friends, like yes. he says Goku yes. does. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, man, if man, Goku is like the the best friend maker in history. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you meet Goku once and you're going to be a friend for life. <laughs> Even if you are an arch enemy, he's <laughs> going to do whatever he can to make you a friend. Yes, he will. Because uh, I guess, what doesn't he even, he doesn't even comment on the fact that all their enemies are friends now and how like he doesn't have to worry about them if they're friends or something like something that. Something like, like that. Like it's a long con from Goku, yeah. from Goku to actually make these people his friends. I like that. Next, uh, Gohan participates in some uh, petty theft, but you can't blame the kids. They need to eat. Yeah, they need to eat, yeah. you know. Uh, the stealing seems a little bit out of a character, out of character for Gohan, but he can justify it, I guess, because he's helping kids eat that can't help themselves. Yeah. 
Um, we get some really fun downhill bicycle action, though. I love the action sequence in this. It's really fun. Yep. Um, it kind of reminded me of like Studio Ghibli films, how it's like kids having fun, running from the law. Just it was it was like a fun thing for it. Uh, very exciting, lighthearted. I I, I watch uh, segments like that all the time. Plus, they get away. Who needs parents? Who needs parents? <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Gohan is very aware of his situation, and he really isn't so sure. You can see it. He isn't sure that uh, they can survive on their own. He can do it. You yeah, know? he can. But he, he doesn't think these kids can do it, at least forever. Uh, Gohan decides to leave that night, but uh, Pigoro stops him because he's on lookout. He's outside at that night. Uh, Gohan tells him that he really isn't an orphan and that he was uh, headed home. His home is near Mount... Mount... Pauzu. Pauzu. I wish I could remember I, how I, I said it. I forget what he says yeah. in the show. <laughs> His uh, home is near Mount Pauzu in the forest. Uh, that's only a little ways inland. Pigoro will take Gohan there in the morning. That's super convenient. Barrel. Super convenient. <laughs> super convenient. <laughs> <laughs> After the kids now are grilling Gohan about his mom, uh, they decide that they're all going to go for a drive tomorrow and drop Gohan off. Sounds like fun. Nice little road trip for the group. Why not? Nice. Uh, their plan is to steal a truck from the goons. Why not? Uh, why not? <laughs> steal everything else. Yeah. It almost works. It does. It almost works. Uh, but there's the police. They're there for backup, and uh, the kids get overwhelmed. Uh, uh, with Pigoro and cuffs, Gohan gets serious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he slices Pigoro free and scares the hell out of everyone. Yes, he does. He really does. Um, Pigoro bounces, grabbing Gohan in the process, and can't blame him. Uh, he's definitely over in his over his head with this one, don't you think? He is. He looks back at those kids, and they're all getting captured and stuff. And he's like, "I just I can't do this anymore, guys. I'm so sorry." Uh, why do you think he grabbed Gohan? Like, obviously, Gohan can defend himself. I don't get it. Just he was just close. Maybe he thinks Gohan can help beat up other people with him. Yeah. Who knows? But he grabbed Gohan. They're all going. Um, Gohan thinks of the other kids. That's all he really is thinking about at this point now. And he actually literally says, what about the other kids? <laughs> yeah, you're leaving them behind for now. Yep. Uh, the two of them escape. And after a while, Pigoro pulls off to the side of the road and... Uh, Gohan asks, why did you leave them, Pigoro? And he says, I had to. Those kids need a real home. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of noble that he did that in kind a way. Of. Kind of. I mean, that orphanage can't really be that bad. I don't know, man. Chores suck. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a list of chores as a kid? Not really. Not really? Pretty simple Yeah. Stuff yeah, I didn't really have that a... I didn't do as much as I should have. But... <laughs> or you do the, the, especially in the summertime, five minutes before your parents get home and you're like, oh, crap, I got to go do all of this stuff <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, my parents were never too strict on the chores either. There would be a list of stuff to do, but it was treated as a suggestion more or less by me. <laughs> right, yeah. What did you do all day? Well, I uh, watched TV and played video games for eight hours. Ew. You couldn't start a load of laundry? No, I guess not. No, I don't. I couldn't fit that into my schedule. Do it. <laughs> um, after Gohan and Pigoro share a short goodbye, Gohan continues running home. And bam, there it is. Home. Mom. <laughs> But before he can go approach the house, he's haunted by the words of Pigoro. There's a whole world out there and a whole bunch of homework in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there is. <laughs> but really, I think Gohan sees it as his mission isn't complete and he knows that he has to train. Yep. He understands that there's weight on his shoulders, that they are relying on him to defeat the Saiyans on their way. Mm -hmm. Which, just a quick mention, 
Vegeta and Nappa have no lines in any of these episodes. Yep. None. Just um, in the Goku's dream. Oh, yes, in Goku's dream. You're right. They do. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I don't think they say a single thing in this whole these whole episodes. No. Uh, he does go back to train. Well, he doesn't go back to train yet. Piccolo finds him. Yes. And uh, Piccolo says, Gohan, what's your mission? To prepare for the Saiyans to fight and to beat them. <laughs> That's the bad Gohan. <laughs> to prepare for the Saiyans to fight, to beat them. Then let's go back. The Saiyans are getting close. They are getting close. They are. And at the end of every episode, we get to see them. We get to see them. Getting closer. Getting closer. And closer. And closer. <laughs> Next, more training. <laughs> More training. <laughs> With Gohan and Piccolo. Uh, Gohan is ready for the next level. I think he is. I think he is. Is he ready for the next level? I think he I is. I think he is, too. Um, we'll find out because Piccolo is not going to go easy on him. Uh, next time you find time to whine, think about what you should do instead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he is rough. He is just angry. He is just angry. He's angry. You can see he has very little experience with human children. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Only three months until the Saiyans arrive, and if Goku, Goku isn't sleeping or eating, he's training with Piccolo. If Gohan isn't <laughs> sleeping or eating, he's training with Piccolo. Seems extreme. Seems pretty extreme. Uh, yeah. Uh, back at the lookout, and the gang's all there again. Yajirobe, Krillin, Tien, and Chaozu. Chaozu. Uh, the last uh, three are all training seriously, uh, practicing new techniques. Yajirobe is more interested in food. Classic. It's classic Yajirobe. And there's Popo, and he tells the group that Kami is ready for them. Um, our fighters seemed a little miffed that uh, they aren't getting the same training as Goku, and they want the same training. And uh, what was the training that uh, Kami gave them? I taught Goku nothing. <laughs> I like that. He just straight up says, yeah, I didn't train him anything. I didn't, I didn't train do him Jack. <laughs> uh, Popo tells them that they must know themselves before they can know their enemy. That's not the right word. <laughs> uh, what does that even mean? Like, uh, you got to know like, yourself. I guess you got to, like, believe in yourself. Believe maybe? in yourself. <laughs> I guess. Believe in yourself, Krillin. Uh, we do get to see the pendulum room, though, which is like the precursor to the, uh, what's the other room that they go in up there all the, the time? The hyperbolic Hyper time chamber. Hyperbolic time chamber. It's kind of the same thing, like a rethought, like a more and improved. Yeah. Uh, past and present are mixed in this room. It's where Goku did most of his training. Everyone but Yajirobe is interested in actually participating and in going into the pendulum room, even though they're in the pendulum room, but going into the the circle that looks demonic. Of yeah. <laughs> No thanks for Andrew Obi on that. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to be a guinea pig. Uh, Popo wishes them luck, and as that pendulum is swinging over their heads, our Z fighters are transported to a wasteland of a planet. Uh, Saiyan skeletons everywhere. Uh, most of them died in what appears to be very brutal ways. Yes. Uh, two Saiyans spot them, and they want to go have some fun, because it looks like they haven't been able to have much fun in a long time. Yeah. Um, the group, they see through their scouters that the group only has a, the group of our heroes only has a power level of 1500 combined. That's not going to cut it. No, it is not. <laughs> it's easy pickings for some of the universe's greatest warriors. Uh, Chaozu is the first victim. He literally didn't stand a chance. Like not one no. bit. Worthless. What was the attack they used on him? It was like brain melting? I don't know. Yeah, it was pretty rough. They looked pretty rough. His <laughs> yeah. head was steaming from it. So Iron whatever. hand. Yeah, either way, he's very dead. 
Uh, Tien does not take kindly to that. I don't take kindly to that. <laughs> uh, he's uh, impossibly slow. Tien attacks, and he's impossibly slow compared yeah. to them. Uh, the Saiyans are going to melt his brain, too. Yikes. That that attack, if that's what they're doing, is super brutal. Super brutal. Super brutal. Uh, Yamcha comes to Tien's defense and musters up an energy attack that he can control. Uh, it takes forever for him to gather that energy. Yeah, it, it takes does. forever. Uh, My yeah. grandma can gather energy faster <laughs> than that, but it's okay because okay. she's a tough cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yamcha does blast them and he like kind of controls it sort of in the same way that Gohan and go or excuse me Goku can control the Kamehameha wave yeah and it lands right in between the Saiyans and also like basically right on top of Tien <laughs> that's what I thought <laughs> yeah, I was like, right. maybe uh, get Tien out of there quick <laughs> maybe was it a success not so much. Not so much. Nice. That shot tickled. <laughs> uh, Tien, Yamcha, and Krillin, they all attack at the same time with, looks, with what looks like their best attacks. Um, giant explosion. They're engulfed in that like mushroom cloud energy dome, whatever you want to yeah. call it. And uh, it looks like we did it. No, you didn't. <laughs> Tien literally goes, are they immortal? No, just super strong. <laughs> Uh, and then Peekaboo from our Saiyan bullies and Krillin is dragged to his death. Yeah. Um, sound pretty painful when he sound was down there. pretty painful yeah. with like the 90s wrestling when Undertaker breaks out of the <laughs> ring and pulls you down and like. <laughs> I did not think of that. And that's, I'm looking at it in my mind's eye. And that's all I can think of now. That's hilarious. Um, Krillin gets shot into the air and then slammed into the ground in a classic DBZ move. Right. Oh, yeah. That's like unbelievable classic the getting shot into the air and then like the double hand smash into the back oh, all this oh yeah classic 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 and there goes krillin dying again way there to go krillin. <laughs> outraged that the only uh outraged and the only two left tian and yamcha attack again Yamcha gathering energy, as slow as a Saiyan's grandmother. <laughs> uh, tian uses multiform and yamcha uses his spirit bomb could this be enough no 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 <laughs> Yamcha's spear bomb does connect uh, after Tien uh, distracts him uh, but it is definitely not enough so is it weird that Yamcha is able to do a spirit bomb it's definitely weird but I think it's pretty cool yes I like that you kind of get a taste of what the spirit bomb can be mm -hmm. and then it's just such a larger scale when it's brought back in and Goku is the one who uses it right and that makes sense that Goku's would be much bigger much more powerful and all that stuff and you know his is you know somewhat steerable and controllable too but his is so gigantic that it doesn't need to be so it's fun to watch Yamcha you know control this mm -hmm. like you said with his Kamehameha mm -hmm. Goku's command mail. And it, it would make sense, I guess, now that I'm thinking about it, it would make sense that Yamcha would learn that technique because they're part of the same dojo, the True. same yeah. house, the turtle house, right? Yeah, I'm surprised we don't see a wolf fang fist. <laughs> you know what? Why wasn't there a wolf fang fist? At least one wolf fang fist. That was his go-to forever. That was his go-to. Oh, no, come on. Where's the wolf fang fist? And I do find it funny, too, that Tien winds up using multiform and he just distracts them. Yeah, why not? I thought he was going to blast like a tri-beam yeah, from why not? all of his multiforms. Why doesn't he do that? Uh, I don't know. Or just from the one that is the legit Tien. Right. Something. Something. Because that's what he was doing. He was yeah. doing the triangle. Yeah. Why so, didn't he do that? Uh, nope. Just distractions. <laughs> just distractions. Uh, the Saiyans emerge from the ground yet again and with some really cool purple triangle blasts. I really yeah. like the look at it. I don't, yeah. I don't know what you want to call it, but I really but like the look sweet. of it. Uh, Yamcha and Tien definitely meet their maker. Oh, yeah. No chance. Uh, not so fast, though. 
they are transported back to the lookout, and they are back in the pendulum room with Chiaotzu and Krillin. And Yajirobe, too. But, yeah. Uh, coping with the fact that they just died in a very realistic way. Yeah. I mean, if you think you died and you felt like you died, that experience would be very, very real to you, right? Yes. Total mind F. Total <laughs> mind F. We do get some uh, answers on what's actually going on in the pendulum room. They're, they go, they project their dream bodies, and they never actually left the room. They've traveled to the past. So they do say, our Saiyans that we meet, they do say that they're on Vegeta. And right, Vegeta yes. is planet Vegeta is destroyed by this point in our timeline, correct? I believe so. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah, yeah, so obviously it's in the past, and it, it should have been. It should have tipped me off as soon as they said that they were on Vegeta. I'm like, oh, this is not the present day. Right, right. Should have right. tipped me off, but it didn't tip me off. So, uh, Yajirobe asks, "How'd they do, Kami? They did quite well." And then, the, and then one of the best lines of our homework episode. However, the Saiyans on the way to Earth are twice as strong. <laughs> the pause on everyone's face just I can't believe it that like symbol crash like <laughs> like that was the hardest thing we've ever done in our lives and they're twice as strong oh I love that so much I laugh every time I watch that it is really good Kami does say that he understands after all of that uh, if they want to back out and none of them do wouldn't miss it, Yamcha says. Yamcha, you should miss it. Yeah. <laughs> but Yajirobe out. He's out of there. He's no interest. Why is he even there? Why is he even there? I mean, he did, for the tiniest little bit of that beginning of the episode, he was training. He was actually fighting with Tien, and I was shocked because I don't even remember him ever actually training. But no. that was it. So maybe it was like food isn't ready for 10 minutes, so he had to do something. <laughs> he could have been. And now he's just, yep, not dealing with that. Maybe Kami knew that this was going to be the outcome, and they just needed somebody easily accessible to, like, gather up the real fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that could be it, too. Uh, we get to move back to Piccolo, and he's still beating up Gohan. Uh, what percentage of strength do you think Piccolo's using? 20, 30, 40% on Gohan? What do you think he's using? Certainly nowhere even at 50, I don't no, feel No, I can't like. imagine. So, yeah, 30 is probably a good 30? Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. Maybe he's still surprised, but it's like, come on. You're only given 30%. Right. So at the beginning of this episode, it kind of felt like things were kind of coming to a head. But after this specific episode in Dragon Ball Z, it feels like they have a long way to go now. Yeah, It feels like there's a lot of training to be had and they have no chance in the state that they are now. Definitely. That's definitely what it feels like. Um. We get to see quickly that Vegeta and Nappa are on their way, and Goku still hasn't made it to the end of Snake Way. It's almost been a year, and Gohan seems to be their only hope at this point right now. There's no word on what's going on with Goku. We don't know if he's actually going to get the Snake Way. And once he gets the Snake Way, is he going to have more than 15 minutes to train before they get Seriously. So, I don't know. I should say, not the end of Snake Way, but gets to King Kai's house. Right, right. They have more than 15 minutes, so I don't know. Um, we see the crash site of Goku's pod, and we hear the "Wake up, Kakarot! Destroy all life forms." <laughs> <laughs> More of Piccolo and Gohan training. Uh, Piccolo is determined to make that kid stronger than all of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see that Goku is exhausted on Snake Way. Uh, Gohan is sleeping and dreaming of Raditz and his father's death. That's pretty heavy. That's pretty heavy. That's pretty heavy. Uh, awoken by his nightmare, Gohan is confronted with a full moon. 
still feeling the effects of that moon for some reason or another. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so when he's all pissed off, is that a Kaioken that he powered up to? Like Kaioken times two, something I mean, like Kaioken times two? It does kind of look like it. It's red. It is red, but... It can't be because Goku learns it for the first time from King Kai. That makes sense. During his training. Well, I mean, could it be potentially plausible that it's just Gohan, like, just doing his weird Gohan thing? It could be, yeah. But you're right. If it's a specific technique that needs to be taught by King Kai only, if I remember correctly. Right, I think so. So, I don't know. That, you know, it's just probably his inner great ape coming out of him. We'll go with that. And he screams, Daddy! (laughs) Not the most inspiring battle cry of all. No, 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 no. Back to the crash site. And that light in the computer simply won't uh, shut up. So I'm... Shut up, computer. Um, Are we really to believe that they stumbled on the actual location of Goku's crash site? We are. It seems implausible. It seems very implausible. And the fact that that computer's been spouting off for 24 years? Yeah. That is some long battery life. <laughs> and we have to assume that uh, the mm, the computer saying, wake up, Kakarot, wake, you know, destroy all the humans, that in itself is affecting Gohan to an extent. Yeah. Just the presence of the Saiyan technology is affecting Gohan to an extent. And he destroyed the real moon how long ago, but now they're close enough to see this projection, but yeah. also Master Roshi can see it from the Kami house. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Unclear. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Piccolo feels he senses something ain't right with that boy and goes rushing to Gohan's location, uh, the crash site, and Gohan is looking like a feral animal at yes, this point. He, is. Um, he and Piccolo fight. Um, Gohan actually cutting the Namekian. Like, it's pretty intense. It is. He really, like, it's really funny. It's it's almost comical the way Gohan goes at Piccolo. Yeah. Because he just goes full force at Piccolo, and Piccolo's like, ugh, 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 get out of here, kid. What are you doing? <laughs> like, he's trying to swat some sort of bug. He's like, right, he hates, right. hates bugs or something. Ugh, get out of here. <laughs> Uh, They tussle, and Gohan runs off with Piccolo chasing after. Uh, Piccolo can't stop himself, so he blasts some laser eyes at Gohan. I mean, might as well. I really like the look of his laser beam eyes. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is about him, but I like the fact that they're just those two tiny pinpoints that come out of his pupils, and it's like, takes a second for it to charge up, and then it's like, I really like that about it. Something about that sound and the visual just uh, hits me in the right spot, I guess. Uh, Piccolo splits into two again to get the drop on Gohan. Go, I keep saying that. Gohan? It's that Minnesota accent coming <laughs> through. Uh, Piccolo splits in two again and gets the drop on Gohan. But, uh-oh, Gohan's tail's grown back because that's a thing that can happen. That's a thing that can happen at the <laughs> worst times. Hopefully he doesn't transform again. That won't happen without the moon. The moon is in plain sight. The moon is in plain sight. <laughs> How did that get back up there? Top five lines of the series so far, right? <laughs> Definitely. How did that get back up there? I blew it up. If you listen to this show, if you're a constant listener of this show, you'll realize that my top fives and top tens are probably like 15, 20, 30 things long all the time. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, Piccolo hits Gohan with his best, best Sith Lord finger lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Stops Gohan in midair, uh, but now Gohan transforms into the giant ape, and he basically is frozen in air and like 
staring directly at the projection of the moon. And that's yeah. why he finally transforms. So even... as cool as it was to see a different random move that Piccolo has, yeah. he basically set this up. He did. He caused it to happen. Like, if anything, just get to him and take your cape off and put it over his face. There you go. Like, what did you... I mean, let him breathe. But, you know, Daredevil style that. Put it over his eyes. There you go. And just hold it, figure out where the heck this projection is coming from and finish it. Yeah, he should have, like... He... He could have done that when Gohan transformed too. Like yeah. levitated some giant tarp and tied his head up in it, so yeah. then he would transform down, right? Or the more DBZ thing to do, like pull a giant boulder or cliff that would block his view or something random, you know. Genius. Come that's on. that's Come what should have happened. I mean, if he can levitate one of the great pyramids, all of the great pyramids, yeah. he can levitate a mountain. Come on, Piccolo. <laughs> Use your head. He does see the problem at hand, though, and fearing that Gohan may destroy the Earth, Piccolo says, that moon gotta go. That moon gotta go. <laughs> so he blasts it, but it's a projection. What is he to do? <laughs> Back at Kame House. And we see that Bulma and Roshi and Oolong have collected all the Dragon Balls with two months to spare. So they're trickling out this information, our timeline. It's like yeah. three months here, it's almost been a year, and then we get it's two months until our Saiyans are supposed to get here now. Yep. Two months and like... 39 more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> they also noticed the fake moon, like you said. So, and uh, Bulma asks, how can you tell? And Roshi's like, there's no moonlight, you dummy. You dummy. <laughs> yeah, come on. Bulma come is on, the one Bulma. who doesn't notice that. That's, right. that's kind of ridiculous. She's a genius scientist. She should have been like, what's with the moon? The moon was destroyed. Why yeah. is there a moon? And here? if anything, Ro- well, I mean, he's old enough. So yeah. I can see either of them coming to that conclusion, but the other of the two should not be confused by the situation. Correct. <laughs> it would have made more sense if that was like Roshi and Oolong. Definitely. In the window. That yes. would have made more sense. It should have been Oolong. It should have been Oolong. Oolong doesn't get enough play in DBZ, yeah. if you ask me. He's... More screen time for Oolong. I want more Oolong. <laughs> you hear that, producers of Dragon Ball Super? <laughs> we want more Oolong. Why can't he participate all, in All the... the filler episodes and we don't have a straight Oolong and peel off episode. <laughs> please. Come on. Please. <laughs> Please, please bring back Emperor Pilaf. It was Emperor Pilaf, right? Yeah, Emperor Pilaf. Yeah, Emperor Pilaf. Please bring him back. I think he might be. Nah, he's not dead. He does well, come back. Well, in... he, he comes back in Super. He does yeah. come back in Super. No, I'm trying to think. Who's the cat? Poir? Poir. Yeah, yeah Poir. Oolong and Poir, Poir episode. That's what we need. Yeah. Oh, even I would. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> uh, back with Piccolo and the giant ape that is Gohan. Uh, Piccolo is barely holding it together. He's having a hard time with yeah, this. <laughs> as anyone would. As one would, yes, indeed. Um, he tries to attack, but Gohan simply catches that energy blast and squeezes it out. Um, he definitely, Piccolo can definitely not uh, no, defeat take, a Saiyan. No, yet. he cannot. Uh, Gohan grabs Piccolo and gives him a good old squeeze. (laughs) Throws him to the ground and steps on him. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) Uh, Gohan walks off and finally Piccolo discovers the origin of the projection. Maybe concentrate on that instead of staring at Gohan being like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, seriously. Uh, It's coming from Goku's pod, which everybody figured out by now. (laughs) Piccolo destroys uh, destroys it with a special beam cannon, which, great. I love a special beam cannon. Please bring it on. It's cool that he can just do that immediately now and not take five minutes to charge up. So it it proves his training is working as well. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it proves. You can really look
look at this episode in some very super these episodes across Dragon Ball Z and even Dragon Ball Super and take them very superficially superficially. But when you realize something like that, it makes sense. And yeah. the the threads of these things, as mundane as they may be, all seem to make sense for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> for the most part. Uh, so Gohan transforms back to normal. Uh, Piccolo removes Gohan's tail for the second time. So hopefully he never has to do that again. Hopefully. He never does. <laughs> uh, we leave them and join Goku. He's made it to the end of Snake Way. Yippee! Thank you. The Lord. Thank the Lord. Uh, but there's nothing there. Oh, no. Oh, he spots it. It's a planet. It's above him. <laughs> <laughs> there's a tiny, tiny little planet above him. Goku jumps up there and quickly realizes that the gravity is much stronger on King Kai's planet than it is on Earth. I love how he's jumping up there and he's just floating, floating, floating. And then he can, like, feel the gravity grab him. And it's just like, slam! Slam! <laughs> I love that part. Um, always thinking with his stomach, though, Goku heads directly to a nearby tree and tries to climb it because he wants to get some fruit from it. Like, yes, he's got all the time in the world. Apparently <laughs> it does not work out for him. And I would assume that his butt would be pretty sore after hitting the ground after that. I think so. Uh, Goku meets who he suspects is King Kai. It's Bubbles. We don't learn his name at this point, but it's the ape Bubbles. Um, the heavy apples. I love the bit dropping yeah. all the way through the ground and stuff like that. He manages to catch one and hoist it up. And I was really expecting it to like hurt when he bit into it, but he bites into it easily. Right. Um, and then uh, he Goku then decides to after he's had his fill of apple of apples, apples of apples. Apple? Uh, he wants to start his training with King Kai bubbles, the monkey, and they start doing their little silly monkey dance, which is <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And, it is it is serving as training for Goku. I mean, he can barely stand up That's in this true. gravity. That so is it is true. it is serving as training. He even says, "You're going to get really strong doing this on a planet like this." Something along the lines of that, at least. Yeah. Uh, but you look like a fool, Goku. You look like a fool. <laughs> finally, finally, we get to see King Kai. I love King Kai. Oh, he's the I best. love King Kai. His his weird little voice. I love King Kai. Um, and he had thought that he had seen everything. Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. Until you've met Goku, plain and simple. Plain and simple. <laughs> Roll credits. Trav, final opinion on these episodes, please. Great episodes. Minus play to the children. Yeah. Great episodes. I still wonder if that's like some randomly fan favorite episode in Japan or something. Could be. It could be. I can't imagine it is, but you never know. But even as ridiculous as some of the episode was with the pendulum i i like seeing the spirit bomb and yep. seeing their attacks and seeing them be somewhat worthwhile because without spoiling too much all these people at some point become worthless at least when it comes to power level to Correct. help anybody there's certainly still characters and funny throughout the series but uh, a couple of them their time is coming sooner than later <laughs> as to where they are basically worthless to help the group yeah, you can but see that again. it's definitely some good episodes but i am very excited to get back into it next summer or maybe sooner <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys out there in podcast land if you like these dragon ball z episodes as much as we like doing them we will get back to dbz sooner than later Otherwise, prepare for next summer again. Summer of DBZ. Summer of DBZ. It's pretty fun. It'll only take how many years to get through all of Dragon Ball Z? 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be almost 60 in 18 years. 
and, that's and, depressing. And that, but at that point, we're going to be rich and famous. True, so, I mean, true. we'll be rushing way sooner than yeah, 18 years. We'll be and, kicking on two, three episodes a week because all we're um, going to have to do is the podcast. Obviously. obviously. Thanks, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I really like these episodes also. Um, like you said, the plight of the children, it's kind of fluffy. The only thing that we really get out of it is showing that Gohan is maturing. Yeah. Uh, my favorite episode out of these is the pendulum room episode. Definitely. I love its weirdness. It's like, I don't know, the violence in it, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. Um, the like the weird like uh, merging of what seems like technology and spirituality. Like it's kind of yeah. cool to like see that alternate type of... dimension yeah. type thing. Like you said, the precursor to the hyperbolic time chamber yeah. and just funny lines in general. Mm-hmm. Twice as strong. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get over that. Um, I like you can't wait to keep on going with Dragon Ball Z. Um, you know, particularly Gohan's story in this is really cool and mm-hmm. I forget that so much of early DBZ is like Gohan centric. Right. And it's it's interesting to see where he ends up as an adult. Yeah. And to see how like he is the savior of Earth, like he's the proposed he they want him to be the savior of Earth and what he ends up becoming later on. Not to say that he does not save the Earth a time or two. Yeah, definitely um, a time or two. Uh, but uh, it's just interesting. Gohan's story is cool. And I wish I'm becoming like a big time Gohan fan at, during yeah. this uh, this watch through. I kind of despised him in the, the first few episodes just because of the cry whiny baby stuff. Right, right, but, right. But uh, now he's maturing. He's five years he's old. He's five, man. He's a big boy. <laughs> he's now. a big boy, man. He's got real responsibilities. So I, I, I am uh, greatly enjoying my time with Dragon Ball Z as much as I always do whenever I watch it. And I may have said this in an episode before, but I'm sad I haven't watched it more, honestly. Yeah, definitely. It's and just fun for me. And Anzar, I enjoy it. Drew, and I will finish season one before next summer. Yeah, no, definitely. Now I can just watch through one episode at a time. Yeah. Right. I can't wait until my day off, and I'm going to just put it on Marathon and bang through a couple of discs oh, and yeah. just, just have some fun with it. Um, so, Trav, with um, our homework review out of the way, did you have anything else that you would like to talk about before we get to the homework assignment? Let's just get to that assignment. And since Trav wants to get to the assignment, let's do it. Um, we are doing the quintessential, we haven't used that word. Huh? There we go. Quintessential 1995 comedy, Billy Madison. Love Billy Madison. Love Billy Madison. Love Billy Madison. Uh, Directed by Tamara Davis, written by Tim Hearley and Adam Sandler, produced by Robert Simmons, starring Adam Sandler as Billy Madison, Darren McGavin as Brian Manson, Bridget Wilson as Veronica Vaughn is one hot piece of... Uh, but you know i know (laughs) bradley whitford bradley whitford i'm gonna say that like i'm a human being and not a robot uh as eric gordon josh mostel as principal max anderson and he is the um newman doppelganger yeah wayne knight Knight lookalike norm mcdonald ding 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 as frank uh mark beltzman as jack harry harry larry hamkin as carl Alphonse, I got there. <laughs> uh, Teresa Merritt as uh, Juanita, and Jim Downey as principal slash judge of the decathlon. Um, 
Harantala. Grant, maybe? I don't That's a copy-paste, so that's kind of oh. goofy. Um, we'll go Grant. I'm going to say your name's Grant, buddy. <laughs> uh, Grant Alanke as Pete. Uh, Dina Platas as Mrs. Lippy, Robert Smigel as Mr. Oblasky, Amos Crawley as Rod, Steve Buscemi as Danny McGrath. That's uncredited, interestingly enough. Weird. Uh, Chris Farley as the bus driver, also uncredited. Very and weird. Gary Valkov as the penguin, uncredited. That makes more sense. Yeah, dude in the that one does. Cinematographer Victor Hammer, for those that care. Uh, edited by John Gilroy and Jerry Wolf. Music by Randy Edelman. Uh, distributed by Universal Pictures. It was released February 10th, 1995 at a budget of $10 million. Box office, $26.4 million. Nice. That's $52.5 million in 2023, and I think $52 million is probably still really good in today's standards for oh, yeah. a straight comedy. I would say so. Even $26.4 million for a $10 million budget, that's almost a 3Xer for you, right? Yeah, triple, triple, awesome. your, triple your budget back. Um, I can't wait to... Uh, to get to that one yeah it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun and a little sneak peek we're gonna go three movies in a row three movies in a row so we're not gonna tell you what they are yet but we're doing three movies in a row before we get back to our normal tv movie tv movie you know sometimes we just need a little tv break just need a little tv break get to some movies get to some movies and since we're gonna be getting to some movies trav hit me with that outro let's do it let's get to some emails so we got our first email here is from Someone who's emailed us before, ManBearPig074, he says, I just finished the Independence Day podcast, and I have to say it was the funniest and most informative one to date. I laughed so hard when you guys finally put it together that the strip club scene was done merely to show off her body. Also, he says, older fighter jets had parachutes to help them stop when they were landing. But he gets to his question here is, my question for you is, who would win in a fight, Jean-Claude Van Damme, or Ditka. <laughs> Keep up the good work, he says. Well, obviously, it's Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> He'd win about a baker's dozen times out of a baker's dozen. <laughs> it's Ditka. It's Ditka. Ditka every time. As much as uh, John Claude Van Damme is a legend, <laughs> we're talking about Ditka. <laughs> we're talking the 84 Bears, the Mike 84 Ditka. Bears. <laughs> when he's sleeping and snoring, Ditka. <laughs> or when Farley... Uh, chokes and coughs up a whole steak <laughs> so genius so oh, genius man. that is so good um and he was nice enough to email us again a couple weeks apart but it works out perfect for recording this he said he rewatched the ending of independence day tonight to see how they edited randy quaid's part and it all makes sense now thanks for that savory morsel of insider movie magic and he says every time he sees robert Loggia, is it Loggia or Loggia? logia logia that he thinks of his halftime speech from Unnecessary Roughness, which he sent us the clip, which I watched. And he said the speech is empowering to say the least. If you haven't seen it, you definitely should. It's in your realm. I think it's 1991. And he says, plus it has Sinbad and Kathy Ireland. And I don't know who Kathy Ireland is, but Sinbad is one of my favorite 90s stand-up dudes. So. Kathy Ireland is a model and was famous for being a model and on the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Nice. She's, she's the kicker in that movie. Um, and then back at Man Bear Pig, if you want something funny to look up Robert Logia and what I think of him from is the grandpa and Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> and you should definitely look up some clips with him because he's just this 
crazy over the top old war vet and he gets mad when there's pulp in the orange juice and <laughs> he brings a live grenade in the house and they wind up tossing it in the fridge oh man it's he's great i need to get me back into some malcolm in the middle i just listened to a different podcast that had brian cranston as a guest oh sure and they talked extensively for a while about uh, malcolm in the middle there was more talking about just his career in general yeah and uh it really made me want to watch that show again. It's I, so good. I've it's, I've not seen all the episodes, um, but uh, it would be fun to go back. Yeah, and it's I did the weird thing of barely seeing that as a kid and watching Breaking Bad, which is amazing as yeah. well with Brian Cranston, and then watching this and just having this like totally different appreciation for how different those two characters are. He's a great actor. It was interesting because they actually talked about that. How like after Malcolm in the Middle, it was like. Um, a really big risk, apparently. Most people didn't want to hire him for Breaking Bad. Yeah. But uh, what's the guy's name that was the uh, creator of Breaking Bad? I can't remember his name. Uh, God, I can, I can he also, think of it. But... He, he was also in the, one of the writers on uh, The X-Files. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan. Vince Gilligan was the strong proponent to uh, get... Brian Cranston as the lead. Yeah. And, that's a and cool. I think there's a rumor too that they, so they did seven seasons of Malcolm in the Middle. They had one more planned, yep. but it didn't work out for him to do both shows. And he took a risk, like you said, and it, it worked out. And he was, if I remember right, that he talked about that. And he said that they, like, he said that he would do Malcolm in the Middle bef- instead of Breaking Bad, but Malcolm in the Middle didn't get picked up. Oh, so then sure. he was free to do Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's like kind of chance, like right. happenstance for one of the best performances on television ever. That is crazy. <laughs> kind of crazy. Um, so next email comes here from Colonel M. Bison. Wants to know, how in the world have we made it this many episodes in without covering a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? That's a really good question. Um, JCVD is a constant... Uh, a constant... Uh, Man, he is a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's a, he's a BA. <laughs> God. He's a total BA. He's a total BA, and he was a big time part of the 90s, so it is egregious that we haven't gotten. It, it is. Uh, There's so much dang content <laughs> to cover, but we will be getting to some John claude Van Damme. Which is more egregious, egregious bumping uh, um, Jurassic Park for the better part of a year <laughs> or not getting the JCVD? Oh, man, that's a tough question, but I'm going to have to say bump in Jurassic Park as much as we did. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to say it's in the next few episodes, but we will be getting to some Jean-Claude Van Damme before we get it to any other action star, most likely. Um, And then this last one here is just my question for Drew. If you were a BA gladiator, what would your weapon or weapons of choice be out of these? Sword and shield, the normal, a hammer, a spear... The net and trident, or double swords, and we're assuming that you're insanely proficient with whichever one you choose. Okay, so I want to choose the net and the trident because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm gonna net you and stab you, <laughs> stab you. So maybe if you're really good at it, you I could... mean, the best. We're assuming the best. So, but my legit choice would be double swords. Obviously, double swords. Obviously. You you know you give up the defense, but as long as you're on the attack all the time. You're unstoppable. You're unstoppable. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point. What is the most BA option out of here? I mean, Net and Trident is the honorable mention because, like you said, 
everyone knows your game plan, but you still dominate them. Yep. Net, netted, stabbed <laughs> every time. Uh, but yeah, double swords is sweet. Double swords. Sure. Double swords. So uh, there we go. That's the emails. Thanks, everyone, for listening and being a part of our DBZ summer. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Overdue Homework Podcast. Email us at Overdue Homework Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, make sure you tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast. <laughs>